this first July, or my first issue, July, August, uh, is online now at uh, DuPontRegistryTampaBay.com in its digital form. But in print form, uh, we'll be seeing the first run of that this week, and then you should be seeing it in mailboxes and in Barnes & Noble and wherever you get your DuPont Registry Tampa Bay uh, sometime middle of next week. So uh, looking forward to that. I may be looking forward to it as much as you are, actually, because it'll be really fun to have uh, my first issue there. But I, I um, one thing that I always have been interested in as an editor uh, and as a person is the is supporting the arts and uh, being involved in the arts and Creative Pinellas in just really the last two and a half years has really exploded in, in, in turned around the arts support uh, on a county level in Pinellas. And I think um, maybe if you could tell us, uh, Barbara, first off, what Creative Pinellas in, is intended to do. Good place to start. So first, before I do that, congratulations on your issue. Thank you very much. I looked at it online. It looks wonderful. Thank you. Um, Creative Pinellas is the local arts agency for Pinellas County. Um, because of our particular history, though, we are sort of a, a, a local arts agency plus. Okay. Um, we do this, the things that you would find in a typical arts agency. So we provide grants for artists and arts organizations, and we provide workshops and all kinds of support programs. But because we had the opportunity, we also do some things that are quite different than a traditional local arts agency. Very recently, we opened up an arts business incubator mm. for nonprofit arts organizations, and we have eight participants there now, um, everything from Wordier Than Thou and the Nomad Art Bus to the Dunedin Music Society and PAVA, the Professional Association of Visual Artists. Tell folks who might not know, I mean, you've probably heard of business incubators, but an arts business incubator is, seems like uh, a new kind of uh, path to, to go. In a lot of ways it is. Um, we are borrowing from the traditional business incubator model that you find organizations that are either startup or transitional and ready to go to the next level. Mm -hmm. And you provide them some office space, uh, you provide them business support. So we have digital marketing labs and we help train people on press releases and we have some business support services, even just something like a mailbox or a place to mm -hmm. have your board meeting. And um, but where the real energy is is that they start to collaborate together. We bring the organizations together for uh, opportunities to see how they can support and help each other. So there's mm -hmm. mentoring responsibilities and work, um, volunteer responsibilities, and uh, it's really taking off. We're finding a lot of cross-pollination oh, and great. a lot of excitement. And the organizations can stay there three years, and then in that fourth year they need to you know, take those wings that they've grown and fly to the next level. Do you um, sort of vet the applicants for the program and then they pay a certain amount of money to have an office in the complex, or how does that work? So um, somebody who's who would be interested would go online. We have an expression of interest. You have to be a 501c3. You either have to be physically located in Pinellas County or have a strong programmatic presence in Pinellas County. And uh, then you come in and you visit and you meet the participants in the business incubator and we talk about what your goals are and, and what, you know, what you bring to the table and if you are excited by the things we have to offer and feel that you can fulfill them. One of the things, for example, is you need to have somebody 
in the office is 10 to 12 hours a week. Mm. So that it's not just an empty office that you're you know, using kind of as a storage or a mail drop. Mm. You have to physically be there because in order to have that collaboration, um, you have to be present. So we, we kind of figure it out together. We've had some people come and say, oh, you know, this isn't for us. And we've had people come and say, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly what I needed. And, and then they turn out to be right. It's exactly what they needed. And we have two ways that you can participate. You can either rent an office, and the office is run from about $140 a month to 160 Or you can come in as what we call a co-worker, which is $38 a month. And in addition to the space, we, we have a boardroom that's available for board meetings. So nonprofits are always looking for places to have board meetings. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have an auditorium and a large gallery that is a, and a classroom, all of which become available for participants. The wonderful thing, one of the many wonderful things about this um, organization is the physical facility, which used to be the Gulf Coast Museum of Art. Which is uh, uh, which closed, but is in a beautiful building and in a beautiful setting. And since uh, Creative Pinellas convinced the county that uh, maybe it would be a good home for them, it's really turned around and it provides all these kinds of spaces, uh, which you'd built out to some degree, right? That 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 make a home for the artists and the gallery. Um, this was, uh, wh when did that transformation happen? Um, we moved in last summer, so summer of 2017, and it, it was kind of, the county had done its, its best. They worked very hard to kind of keep it up, but it wasn't really used a lot, and so it was kind of maybe long in the tooth feeling. Mm -hmm. and, and we came in, and the county worked very closely with us, and we spruced it up, and uh, our first entrance in there was the office buildings where we put the business incubator in place and then we reached out to the county and said you know could we start using the gallery and they were like well we're not sure and we said well let us try in a small way so we had our emerging artist show and we had over over 300 somewhere between three and four hundred people come to the emerging artist reception and that was in the museum david that had been closed since mm -hmm. 19 since excuse me 2008 so closed as an art museum for 10 years, mm. and we were able to bring the public out. And um, There were some people, I think, with tears in their eyes. They came to me and said that they had come to the space when they were children mm. because there were some class classrooms and that they, whenever they visited their grandparents, they came to the museum, and they were just so happy to see it open again. Huh. And it's in... Um I'm sorry, what is the official name of the, the park? Pi it's Pinewood Cultural Center. Pinewood Cultural Center. Park, yeah. Pinewood Cultural Park. And also in the park is... The Botanical Gardens mm -hmm. and Heritage Village. In uh, Largo. Yeah, yeah. It's mm -hmm. off of Walsingham, mm -hmm. in Olmerton and Walsingham. And in fact, the three organizations, we have named ourselves the Pinewood Partners. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If you haven't been to any of those places, just uh, wandering through the botanical gardens or going to the village or going to something at the center is a worth a visit, whether you are an artist yourself or not. And particularly right now, there's a fascinating show in the gallery, which we have written up for the issue that's uh, just coming out and ha is on our, the write-up is on our site now, DuPontRegistryTampaBay.com. And uh, it's, it's, you, 
Can you tell us a little bit about this? It's a really interesting yeah, project. Yeah, yeah. It, it's wonderful. So if you wouldn't mind, I want to tell you how we got to that place. <laughs> and, um, and then I'll tell you a little bit about the show, which is marvelous. Um, one of the things we do is we have a conversation, and we call it Arts and Innovation. And the idea is we bring in somebody who's doing something very interesting at the edge of art and something. Hmm. So art and science or art and health or art and play to really have a good conversation and a dialogue. And we, we bring that into the community the third Thursday of the month. And uh, we invited an artist, an internationally known artist who's out of Miami named Xavier Cortada to um, present. And his interest is climate change and global warming and sea level rise and what's happening with animals and extinctions and, and the whole ecosystem. He's done some amazing work. He's done work at the North Pole, at the South Pole, and also in, in a lot of work around Florida issues. He came in and he gave a, a wonderful talk. He had been at CERN in Switzerland, um, the superconducting super collider, or the super, yeah, I think the superconducting super collider. Oh, yeah, that. that right. <laughs> <with> <laughs> On my Higgs, bucket list, for Higgs sure. <laughs> um, he was working with a scientist, so we were discovered the Higgs boson particle. Oh, I mean, wow. really crazy, wow. interesting stuff. And um, I toured him into the gallery, which is a 10,000 square foot gallery, just a beautiful physical space. And he looked and said, you know, I have an exhibit that's closing up in May. I don't have any plans for it over the summer. Uh, would you like to have it be here? I'll work with you to you know, bring it. And I was like, I think so. <laughs> I think I do. So I went to the Board of Creative Canals. We have, we have a really good board, um, very committed, very innovative and energetic, and also very serious and financially astute. And so they asked some good questions about how we would do it. And so, for example, we're only open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday afternoon hmm. so that we can um, run the exhibit with volunteers and the staff we have. Hmm. So we're doing it very frugally but we are um, making it available to the public. So let me talk a little bit about the exhibit. It is uh, retrospective in certain ways of Xavier Cortada's visits to the North Pole, um, and it shows some installations from the North Pole. It has some paintings that he did that are Arctic ice paintings that he did with Arctic ice. Could you explain that a little bit more to us? Because when we were, I heard about this from Danny Olda, the editor of your magazine, and and I, because uh, uh, Creative Pinellas also has a great online magazine, uh, and uh, I still don't think I understand it. <laughs> All right, so Xavier went up to the North Pole, I believe in a Russian icebreaker, as one does. As yes. a, yeah. <laughs> As all of us do, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> On the way to the back from right. the uh, whatever thing. We just cruise the, out of Tampa uh, Bay <laughs> right, to the right, North right. Pole. Stop by the uh, Higgins boson right, thing. Right, exactly. And, and take a trip to the South Pole, too, while you're I'm such you're a scientist. You, you know, I mean, he, he really has done a lot of um, connection to, to the environment. And just as a detour, what he liked. What he brought to our attention about both the North and the South Pole is that all the longitudes connect. So when you're standing at the top or the bottom of the world, you're really touching every longitude as they spread out. Wow. You know, kind of an interesting That's way of thinking wonderful. about the yeah. world. So in the Russian icebreaker, he would go out in the, I guess I'm going to say it was the morning, and collect ice and take paper and watercolors and put Arctic ice on them 
and use that Arctic ice to create a series of paintings. So he wasn't painting on the ice itself. That would probably be dangerous temperature-wise, but he collected the ice, the brought ice it back, and, and worked with it. Ice and paper, actually on the top of the icebreaker, not inside. Oh. He was outside. He was out there. That's my oh. understanding. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so they're beautiful paintings, abstract. I think one of them is... We did run one, yes, yes. And then he has a series of drawings of animals at each one of those long, uh, longitudes, starting at zero and going to 180 degrees. Ah. Um, animals that are under pressure um, for extinction or, or uh, on a, there's some concern about their future, either because of habitat or things that are happening um, to them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that covers two walls in the gallery. Um, then there's an installation of shoes that are in a circle that uh, represent the different, uh, every 15 degrees of longitude. And um, it, it's quite compelling. Describing it uh, doesn't obviously doesn't do it justice, <laughs> but when you walk in in this beautiful space, it's all monotone, monochromatic, whites and blacks and that in, and grays in that area. It really feels Arctic in its, in its mm. way. And then you walk into the Arctic paintings, which are colorful and beautiful. And then in the last two rooms are um, artwork he did specifically about Florida huh. on climate change and animals um, that are under pressure in Florida. Mm. And it's just, it's an incredible body of work. There's 409 pieces in it. Hmm. Wow. When you've got a 10,000 square foot gallery, you can do that kind of thing, right? And the other thing that's wonderful, we had about 175 people for the reception. We were really counting on 50 or 60. Hmm. So, <laughs> you know, we far exceeded what our goals were. And on our weekends that were open, we're getting about 50 people a day. Good. And we think that's pretty cool for a space that hasn't been open mm -hmm. and used by the public for a really long time. Mm. So it's thrilling for us. And it will remain open until when? It closes on September 2nd. And then... Uh, so you've got the entire summer right. to see a show that might chill you down a little bit. Maybe it, it might chill you in various ways, but uh, certainly it's it's a, it's, a, it's a, interesting to me. It sounds like a way to get an actually global sense of where you stand on the planet. You know, whether it's the Arctic, right. Antarctica, or whether you're in Tampa Bay. I, 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 there's a just a very much of a side note here. There's a an interesting exhibit right. Several interesting exhibits right now. The Dunedin Fine Arts Center, which we write about in this month's uh, issue, uh, one of which is the Triangulate Project mm -hmm. uh, by Nathan Beard and uh, Kirk Wang and another artist who sort of commissioned artists from all over the world, three different countries, right. and uh, have them take. I think it was the assignment was similar in all cases, but you see the different ways they interpreted it in these three different parts of the world and then see how they kind of intersect, how they triangulate. And uh, it's so wonderful that just in a room in Dunedin or in Largo, you can open up your world to a much wider vision. That's what art can do. Well, I have to tell you something about Dunedin because Nathan was a, a recipient of our Emerging Artist Grant. Uh -huh. He also helped us hang the Xavier Carcada show. Oh, did and he? Kirk 
was a mentor and is a mentor again for our emerging artists. Huh. And then across the hallway at the Dunedin <laughs> Fine Arts Center is the I Am Now exhibit. Yes. And Nathan and Kenny Jensen, so Nathan Beard, Kenny Jensen, and Shannon Lee Halverson are, be, are showing in that exhibit, and they were all emerging artists ah. at, for our So you're cross-pollinating among art centers, yeah. too. That's and great. And Mason Gehring, who was in that show as well, um, worked for us, for Creative Pinellas, for a while, too. Oh, and he so has really strong paintings. Creative Pinellas is kind of great. getting its, uh, energy, its channels into all sorts of places. And that, that brings us to the point of the number of folks your grants have now supported. Can you tell us the what it's been to the to this point? And this is over again, just about two and a half years. Including um, the current artists we have, we've had 28 professional artists, and we have 20 emerging artists and 20 mentoring artists. And then, uh, and the next round of applications is not until September. We'll start um, an application process for professional artists at late late this fall. Okay. So uh, creativepinellas.org, if you're an artist looking for support in Pinellas, that's yeah. where to turn. Now, it's interesting to me, I, I, I looked at the, uh, I guess this was very early on in 2016, when you were presenting your results to the Pinellas County Commission uh, uh, to sort of show what they got for their money from their first set of grants. And I agree completely with the, the commissioners who are all very impressed with how well you communicated what you'd accomplished. And it was a really exemplary kind of report in that regard. It was like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. And I was playing it, and, and my, uh, my husband was listening to it, too. And he said, oh, she's, a, she's, she's, she's from marketing, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, well, in fact, she is. Her journey is uh, very interesting because not only uh, have you worked in marketing for uh, cable uh, companies, big cable companies, Primarily, but you also have a graduate degree in creative writing uh, from from Yosef. Yes. Can you talk about how these two journeys sort of came together? Mm. Well, okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how much time do we have? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, it only makes sense looking backwards. But um, I was always, am am I a writer or am I a social scientist? So I got my undergraduate degree in anthropology. Um, but I wrote poetry, and then I went to film school, but I was really interested in business. And then, um, you know, when you're a struggling artist, uh, it's really hard to make that transition from a a creative person, a talented person, an interested and sort of enthusiastic person to a professional artist, which is part of why we have the Emerging Artist Grant. Mm -hmm. We want to help people do that. And I was at that sort of place where, you know, it was very challenging, and I took a temporary job in business, and it turned out I was pretty good at business. And <laughs> so, you know, I kept uh, following that path, but I never gave up on the creative side, so I always wrote. And uh, I moved here to work for Time Warner Cable, and it became Bright House Networks. I was part of the team, and this was very exciting. I was part of the team that did the transition from Time Warner to Bright House Networks. So I learned a lot about how you come up with a name and how you brand something and how you develop a messaging strategy and uh, um, kind of got my creative juices flowing again with that. And so I was like, all right, in my spare time, I'm going to go back to school and get a master's in creative writing. So <laughs> in your spare time. In my spare time. So, and, uh, and you're a playwright, correct? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm a playwright. And will we ever see anything of yours produced? I hope so. <laughs> I think that would be really fun. But... Uh, 
where you'd have to get it produced in Hillsboro, I guess. You know, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Sarasota. Sarasota, right. Well, um, this is really fun to talk to you. I, I um, am looking forward to talking more. I, I think I'm joining the board myself yes, soon. Yeah, <laughs> so really this was not something that we knew when we set this up, but um, and when we wrote about the, the creative panelists. But it's definitely an organization you need to uh, investigate. Thanks for being here, Barbara. It's Thanks. a pleasure to talk to you. Do I have one second for a You second absolutely have as many seconds as you like. Yeah. Thursday, um, which would be July 19th, the artist who has the, the, uh, the exhibit, Xavier Cortada, is actually going to be at Creative Panelist at 7 p.m. This is Thursday. This What's the date? July 19th, right? Oh, oh. Yeah, Thursday, July 19th. Day after the month. So if, yeah, so if you're seeing this before July 19th, you can actually meet the artist. Ah, great. This coming Thursday. Good. Uh, and uh, as I said, uh, the DuPont Registry Tampa Bay issue for July and August was, has information about the Xavier Cortada show, as well as all kinds of other great stuff. It's our A to Z list issue, so we have um, gotten our heads together, as we've told you in previous podcasts, uh, finding uh, the best of everything from A to Z, from automobiles to zoos, and uh, plus articles, as we mentioned, on Dunedin, on... Uh, Lots of other things which I always have trouble for remembering off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a great issue, I think, and I hope you'll enjoy it. And we'll see you next time when Mr. DuPont will be behind the microphone. Thanks. Um.